Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman. I'm Bob. Yes, we <laughs> are about to be at Christmas, Bob. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas to all of you who have supported us this year. Thank you all so much. Um, it's been... Um, yeah, I, I don't even know if there's words anymore for 2020. 2020 has just been 2020, and it needs to go. Um, and, uh, you know, for those of us that have stuck around um, through this and have helped each other out, you know, I know I'm super appreciative, and I'm sure Bob is too. So thank you all so much. Yes, I appreciate it as well. Yeah, it's been it's been something. Um, before I get into uh, this fun-filled episode of The Tangent, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons who, you know, even though all of you that listen are great and wonderful, these people have stepped up um, even further. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Little Nikki, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott R. Curie, and Shore Hansen Gusted. Today's episode, like a lot of my shows, is brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline. And oh, how dark that timeline has gotten. Talking everything from comics to long forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And right around the time of you hearing this, you can also check me on the delayed final episode of this year's Geeks Who Haunt with Slagathor over there. We did um, The Grudge 3 and the Grudge remake slash Grudge Four, which um, are both not good. Go enjoy that. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> now, now, do you mean the? No. So I, I was about to say I, I I forgot that the Grudge Four and the Grudge remake were two different movies. Well, no, sorry. Yes, this is the Grudge Four, i.e., the Grudge remake, American uh, okay. Grudge Four. Yes, there's also a Japanese Grudge Four. We haven't delved into those ones yet. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I mix I mixed that up with the uh, the 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 new the the reboot of the Ring or like Rings that came out. They like they uh, delayed and then released and then didn't really tell anyone about. Yeah, that wasn't good. Although it did have that cool, um, what would happen if. Uh, the ring girl showed up on all the screens in an airplane. Right. Uh, yeah. Which was a really cool sequence. It's a shame about the movie. Yeah. It's, uh, they're kind of like, my, my recollection is they were just sort of like dealing with the, uh, not, not so much the lore of the franchise, but more the, you know, uh, look this, the, you can't really do the ring anymore because it relies on video being like localized to one machine. And like the whole thing relies on like, you know, wow, what would happen if you put uh, you know, video onto like one thing. And now that a video clip can be everywhere, it kind of like breaks the, uh, the spooky storiness of this whole concept. Right. Like the like the haunted video the, the haunted video clip thing would need to be an entirely new thing now because it can literally just be you know like a, a postage stamp on your phone. So it's so weird how little time has passed because like the the ring um, ring you as it were yeah and then the American remake of the ring were really close together like that was at the time when I mean hell. For, for for fuck's sake, the, the grudge movies 
the first two American ones where they literally just had the guy remake his own movie. Yeah. Which yeah. was kind of cool. And then they brought the director of Ring U back to make the American Ring 2. And the last less we talk about that disaster, the better. Um, yeah, that but, was unfortunate. You know, and it should have been great. And that's the problem. It was something about American cameras and cinematography filming his kind of tricks that just didn't work. And um, on top of the fact that the story didn't work and everything else. No, he um, was also clearly has been, you know, like was, was looking to move on, you yeah. know, and do a different sort of thing. You know, he was off on, you know, there's like half of the movie is, okay, guys, fine. Yes, I'll do water things. I'll do hair things. I'll do this. And then the other half is off in the other direction that he's been moving in the rest of his career. And, and the two don't really fit together. So... No. Nope. And, and, and that's the funny thing is, you know, they came so close together that we forget that a movie about a haunted video cassette. Well, when the ring came out, video cassettes were still in, you know, wanton distribution. <laughs> you know, they Some, weren't what it was. It was still like by that point, it was still semi obsolete technology by that point. Something creepy that your parents and grandparents. still yeah. So it had that like you find this in an old I mean, in the early 2000s. Right. You know. When when I started at Blockbuster, we had a shelf of DVDs. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, everything was still VHS, and we still had them to the point when I left. You know, the I think it was 2016. Yeah, or was it 2006? No, I think it was 2016. It was no, around that point, but uh, yeah, Street of Violence was the last VHS tape. Whenever that was, I think it was 2006. Yeah. Anyway, um, but still, you know, the ring. You, you honestly could not do that again, even a year or two after the remake came out. Like it was almost eye rollingly. It'd be like having a, you know, haunted analog dialing phone, you know, in 2000. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. Like if you did, if you did the ring now, the, uh, like, it would either need to be an entirely, you'd need to completely reconceive it or you would need to do, which I, I understand that's what they were trying to do with rings. And like, the answer there is you just can't do this same thing without completely recontextualizing it because like the, like, like the, the, the whole like spooky idea in the first ring is that it's, you know, people are gradually passing this urban legend around to each other. Whereas now there's nothing that would prevent a, you've got to look at this scary thing clip from being around the world in a minute. Right. It would basically, she would get her revenge instantaneously. That's yeah, right. it. it would be, it would be, ev it would be everywhere. Whereas the point of the ring is, you know, is that you have to tell the story. You have to ask someone, do you want to see the tape? You know, you have to show someone the tape. They have to watch the, it's this whole succession of, you know, like seemingly innocuous, poor decision-making. Uh, whereas now it's a, just a matter of, Oh shit. I, I opened that text, you know, and uh, it's, it's not it, the, the monkey's paw aspect of this is now sort of missing. Uh, you know, like, so like now, if they did it now, if you were like going to like revive this now, there would have to be some sort of rider to it where it's like, no, it, it doesn't show up on computers or you need to, like you'd have to do the movie of people like trying to hunt down working VCRs and CRT TVs and you know right. like it, it doesn't show up on it'd be like the like that thing where Duck Hunt doesn't work on like uh, flat screen TVs or something That's you know sense. and a, a lot of like you know bullshit minutia it would it would be a movie that only AV geeks would really appreciate but yeah, like uh, that's supposed to be Christopher Nolan but he's not uh, yeah. explain uh, how old now now I'm kind of talking myself into this movie. 
but uh, so we should move on because I don't want to. Yeah. Well, actually, Bob, only <laughs> show up on the celluloid that was made to press the VHS. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. It only infects TDK long play. I'm sorry, Bob, but <laughs> you're okay. That's enough. Um, well, yeah, let's make a movie about something that only infects a mini disc player. So like five people die. Um, there's a, there, there's a, there's a haunted PS Vita. A haunted PS Vita or a, a haunted Zune. Ye old Zune. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, the, the hot button topic that people will, you know, cause I'm, I'm trying to get these out quicker that, yeah. that um, will want us to talk about, and and I'll talk a little. You know, it's new and fresh, so I don't want to blow it, but I do want to uh, mention it. Um, yeah. I I have now started watching the Mandalorian season two. The the last time we we talked, yeah, uh, and maybe it's the snow that did it. When we talked last time, it was sixty degrees out, and you know we've had two feet of snow since then. So yay, New England! And um, I finally started watching the Mandalorian, and it's great. Yeah. Um, People weren't lying. And and I liked the first season, and this is even more great. So good, good on that. Um, so, but, so, you're, so you're not an only season one was good guy? No. I mean, I was only avoiding season two because I just was sick of hearing all of the friggin' Star Wars fans complaining about everything and then sick of hearing that they were still employing Gina Carano. And I'm just like, I, and I'm very happy that she hasn't shown up yet. So that that's, that's, that's even better. I don't have to deal with that yet, but, um, you know, it's really good. I'm up to episode four. Um, fallen in love. Um, because I'm, this is the kind of shit that I get you know, all nerdy about with the ATAT crane that saves his ship in episode. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. And I've heard it was stop motion. It may have, it may have been, I know that there's a lot of they're doing. Have you seen the behind the scenes stuff with all of the, that I, start, I, I just want to say it, it's making me so happy because, and again, this, this is not to shit on any of the star Wars films. They really, that through line really went through all of the movies that still, things felt lived in and made and existing even in the the bigness of it all you know I, that's what i loved about solo that a lot of the you know the stuff felt very um on set you know in camera even yeah. but there's something about this show that just feels more authentic than any of them have and it makes me so happy yeah there's a lot there's a lot of fun in it have you like have, have you seen the, the way that they do a lot of this is that they're 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 shooting with like digital screens but they're not green screens right they're just live they're there behind the people while they're acting they, they've just got these like gigantic flexible uh hd screens which is it, it's it's like a, 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 a again in hd yeah it's like a, a slightly bigger version of uh or like a, a more mobile version of that uh that big indoor rig that they used for uh first man for the the the, the space scenes oh yeah Hell so, yeah. And it's it's really uh I mean it's expensive looking. Like it's the most expensive looking should be inexpensive thing that uh that I mean it 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 paradoxically makes it more mobile. I can't wait for the the cost to come down on doing it this way because it's uh it's a really expensive looking cheap looking solution to doing it this way. You know, well, it makes makes the production schedule a hell of a lot shorter and makes post-production almost non-existent, which right. is really because they're just like 
editing the effects around them in the background and they're acting opposite it and it uh, and it looks it looks really good and it's gotten like the there's a, a significant jump between the first and second season yes oh yeah and, and then I, that, I, I didn't was, mind the first season I like no, you know it's like like the first season looked like a Star Wars TV show and this one looks like a really expensive Star Wars TV show well it looks it looks like Rogue One yeah. and what and what I mean and I don't mean that as a negative I mean Rogue One was obviously an expensive film but it was not you know it wasn't the big 3 you know there was obviously yeah. a little less spent on it and I actually like I think that is suited for Star Wars I think a little bit more like some of the stuff still looks cosplay and I don't mean that as a negative I you I mean the Mandalorian in his armor running around should look a little silly you know what yeah. I mean this this is that's the point it's supposed to stand out you know but yeah there's there's already a jump between the big action set pieces in this and the big multi mandalorian fight sequence in season one which was still great but looked you know like like a a high budgeted tv show and this this looks like a movie this is fantastic Um, yeah there's i mean there there isn't really much that they can do when whenever it becomes a uh like a a a hand-to-hand uh, fight scene or a shootout in this it's a lot of people in different helmets shooting and punching and throwing each other o- over a muppet baby and there's not much they can do to not make it just look like expensive american power rangers and that's fine it sh- it's kind of what it should look like you know it's just it's kind of like yeah this is about what this like this is about what this should be the other thing that I, I really like about it, and I, I feel that um, all three of the of the big three um, stumbled over this, even though they tried really hard, um, was Star Wars always had humor, and yeah. and and Rogue One I think um, is the biggest, um, and I won't say detractor of this, but Rogue One is a very serious film. Yeah, uh, this show has very serious characters but the show does not take itself seriously. And I think it reminds me a lot of what they did in like the first pirates of the Caribbean before mm-hmm. it came, before it became a slapstick joke. Like yeah. we have serious stuff going on with non-serious characters and a bit of a humor and wit, but the stakes were still real. This show, you know, the Mandalorian is a very serious one note guy. That's yeah. his shtick. But the show finds ways to insert, Pratt falls and silliness in there that feel authentic instead of feeling forced. And, you know, I, I was talking to somebody who said, you know, the show wouldn't be good if, if the, the, the child wasn't there. And it's like, but that's, that's the whole set that that's the C3PO and R2D2 thing being done. Right. You know, they need to be there as a foil to the self-seriousness of this character, or it would just be what everyone has always said. You make a show about Boba Fett, and don't like show us that that's going to be something interesting. It's just following around a guy who narrowly escapes death over and over and over again without you caring. Yeah. And this show is giving us something to care about. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think you can, I think that they can do it without the child specifically. I think that what they need is, I I think that what they've managed, I think the child was a good way to get to this point has been a good way to get to this point. But what they've got is uh, they, they've established a really solid main character, 
uh, despite the fact that we nearly never see him. Yes. Uh, yes. Without without the without the without the hat without the helmet, and even when and and you know Pedro Pascal, good you know good actor, and and good on him for getting this. Even when he doesn't have the helmet on, the rare times that we see him, he still kind of has it on. Yep. He still acts. He he still performs like someone who'd really rather be wearing his hat. Yep. But uh, but he. They've got they they've managed to, to create a, a a fairly compelling character who really just never wants to be anywhere he is, but is kind of there anyway. Yeah, it has it has a bit of like an everyman to it, which is strange. Like it has some John McClane isms to it. Yeah, if we know that we've seen him do things, it, it, it's cobbled together. Like you see him struggle and almost fail, and and I love that, and. The, the thing that I'm I'm having a hard time figure out figuring out is again, and this isn't really to call out anybody. I, I said this the other day, you know, I think there's some people out there that maybe should step away from trying to enjoy Star Wars a little bit. If, <laughs> this, this, this isn't your thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Well, it's yeah. There's enough, and and we'll get into that. There's going to be enough stuff that I think you can accept that some of it is for me and some of it is not where I get where all of this discourse comes from in the past. When you don't have a movie for nearly 30 years and then somebody makes something, you're going to have people that are going to love it just because they have more. And you're going to have people that are going to hate it because people are going to hate. And then you're going to have people that are going to hate it because it actually upset them. But now that we have more, like stop playing you know, rule Nazi over it. Like, let it, let it be to me. Yeah. This, this feels like a good star Wars show. to me. Yeah. It's what it's a, it's a good show with star Wars stuff in it. I don't like, I'm, I'm past the point of giving too much of a, sh like, uh, like if like the first season didn't seem to have a bunch of lore stuff in it. And right. I, think that, and I think that that was a good, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, keep going. You're, you're yeah, hitting the exact point. It, it didn't seem to have a lot of, like, Star Wars lore. It had a lot of, you know, this could have been another space show, but we put Star Wars stuff in, and the Star Wars stuff they put in was fan service -y stuff. You know, it's like, okay, this, that, this guy, he's not Boba Fett, but he seems to be... And then we saw, like, you know, the feet of the guy with the spurs, and it's like, oh, oh, we know who that is. Someone's going to show up. Holy shit, holy shit. You know, there were a few cameos. There was, like, we went to, we went to Mos Eisley once. We went, we went to Tatooine once. We saw some, uh, some uh, Jawas. We've, uh, you know, at the very end, you know, when the, the Darksaber popped out of the, uh, the ship, and it was like, oh, he's got that. Something happened in between the end of the cartoons and this. That's going to be a story. You know, a lot of this business. The 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 kid is clearly a baby Yoda. It's got uh, other stuff in it, and that's uh, or like the 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 Imperial troop carrier that was a tro that was a toy, but was never in the movies. Rolls in to let the Imperial troops out at the end, and it's like, oh my god, cool, wow, you know, things things of that nature, and uh, and that's cool. And I think it's it's one of those things where they've done a, a I have this emergent theory about um when when I the thing about star about uh, Star Wars is that St Star Wars is like the last super commercial franchise thing that didn't technically start that way. 
And I say right. technically because Star Wars was not a commercial for exactly one weekend in 1977. Right. Star Wars, when it released, was that little indie space war movie that could and then it went and then it exploded right because it's like everything like every movie back then did have merchandise it's just that merchandise was a a week like an an oddball in ancillary thing that would like sit in a corner of of the toy like like movie toys were the b-list of toys back then and star wars turned movie toys into the a-list of toys and that was like a change like there were planet of the apes toys there were forbidden planet there were things like that you know, but these, yeah, not Mattel. Like this right. is there's a reason why your second-rate toy company made all the Star Wars toys. Exactly. That so, Star Wars is the last of these big franchise things. Where it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing. There's never really a moment where in the Marvel movies you are invested in them, and I and I love a lot several of them very dearly. There's not really a point where even as invested in them as you can get on an emotional character level where you can come down, where you can get pulled down from them to the point of, oh yeah, right, this is trying to sell me comic books and action figures. Because you know it's selling you comic books and action figures because Iron Man and Captain America have only ever been comic books and action figures. What the movies do at their very best is briefly elevate them to more. Whereas, for better or for worse, there is, I think, maybe less so for anyone who who is, like, younger than 35. There's a... Uh, uh, maybe this isn't the case, but for like older people who are film critics or who are, are like steeped in the you know the the actual history of Star Wars pre the prequels or whatnot, there's a sense that this should be more somehow, and it really only ever was for a weekend. That uh, Star Wars, I think people get caught up into the point of it where they sort of forget. Or they want to forget that this is a commercial filmmaking enterprise, which there's nothing wrong with. And therefore, when it's good, they get into it and they're like, ah, yes, good, you know, sorry, why not? And then at a certain point, whenever they're reminded that this is still one of these, that they come down about it. And then they get mad at themselves for having enjoyed something like that. And I think that... Yes, you know, without without explicitly talking out loud about, you know, a thing that everyone and their mother now has, whether they've watched it or not, a nose is a thing that happens in the the end of The Mandalorian Season 2. Exactly. Yeah. And I wanted to get to that and, and speak on it without necessarily saying what it is, just because I want to know the feel of it, because you and I just talked, yeah. you know, the second season being a lot more um, um, invested in reminding you that there that this is existing in the Star Wars universe. You know, Rogue One was very careful to never have a lightsaber. You know, until until Vader shows, right? And and and, and then it, and then it's a and like I enjoy that scene, but I also can't argue. Like I don't have an argument for people. I don't have a counter argument for people who say. It's the movie stopping in its tracks for no reason other than 
you know, we have Darth Vader in the movie. Can we really not have him swing a lightsaber around and do stuff and, and just chop a bunch of guys up? And I'm thinking, I mean, you can. It's the bolder, more artistically sound choice to not because you're stopping your movie for no reason. But, like, I understand why not. It's it's the sort of thing, it's it's kind of like... Is there a, like, does it make logistical sense for the T-Rex to show up and save everyone at the end of Jurassic Park? No, it makes no sense. Exactly. It's the Spielbergism in in the the adaptation of Jurassic Park in terms of, like, story beat stuff. You know, the the T-Rex showing up and saving everyone from the raptors for no reason at the end of uh, of Jurassic Park. There's no indication of how he got into the building, why they didn't hear him coming, you know, how does the T-Rex mute its footsteps whenever it needs to, like, we don't know, but also, you don't care. It's cool, it looks cool, like, it's a, it's a good movie. You don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. It's like, nobody gives a shit why the thing blows up Jaws at the end. Nobody cares. Nobody cares why that happens. So, it's one of those, you go, it's, you know, it's a movie. And uh, when it comes to this stuff with what I, what I was talking about with the the coming down of being reminded of 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 what you're watching, I feel like in uh, the first uh, run of of the Mandalorian, when it uh, when when you know no one knew until the first episode was over that this whole thing was about a baby Yoda because they have somehow managed to. Uh, like, they are better at keeping secrets of these Star Wars movies than they are at writing them. Right. And uh, of, of, key, of you know, managing to tell people, like, if they if they were as good at making these as they are at, uh, you know, not letting people know that they were making them, they would have a lot fewer problems with, uh, with their fan management. Not that fan management should be a thing. But right. they've got, uh, they they got through this whole run of things with the baby Yoda. Uh, and I remember people as it was uh, running through the show had been on for like, you know, about half of the season before it was finally, uh, they, they revealed, you know, Oh, Hey, uh, we're going to be making uh, baby Yoda toys. And they were running the commercials and people were like legitimately like up. They were annoyed. They're like, Oh God, they're going to try to make us buy a toy of this. And I'm like, why do you think this fucking exists that this is the kind of stuff i'm getting on about okay right. we're on the and and it's and like and i'm and i understand that's that, that maybe we're being ironic about this but i think that this is some of the disconnect on this is that even when like i first uh, looked at it, yeah it took me an episode to remember i was like wow i can't believe they're doing i wow i can't believe how much i give a shit about uh, about the fate of uh, this uh, baby Yoda, and then I stopped myself. I was like, "No, of course you can believe how much you care about this because that's literally th- like the most popular character or one of in the franchise turned into a baby doll. It's literally a Muppet baby, and that thing has been. They probably poured a billion dollars in R&D into in into making a Tickle Me Elmo Furby Yoda ET hybrid that they can launch on this show that can be a giant seller in toys and oh by the way they're already setting up that he's going to be the quest of this show 
he will probably now go on to be a franchise character. He can grow up across the sweep of the franchise because they've set this in the past of where they are now. He will probably at some point depart this show. Hey, he's a Jedi. They're looking for Jedi. I wonder if Ashoka or Luke or Karan or someone will show up and this will be a thing. And then whenever they need to jump back into Episode X to uh, to jump these in, hey, look, what, what could Disney have been looking for that might help you know, smooth things over and get them to another point. Hey, look at this, a new popular Jedi character who only exists as a set of animatronics and CGI who will not cause any set problems that they can just jump into any point in the timeline in the future whenever they want and say, hey guys, remember this Remember this thing you like from the Mandalorian? Well, here he is, he's back. Like, they, they, they literally, they looked at, at Baby Groot and said, you know what, we need another one of those. Make one, yeah. and the, yeah. and the, and the Imagineers imagineered one up and said, "Okay, good. This is this is now going to be our new guy." I mean, it's and this is the the thing that is I can't even when you get to the you know like uh, could I question the the intent, logic, execution of you know like where they're going with things in the second season? Yeah, I can. But I, you know, at a certain point, every once in a while with Star Wars stuff, I do kind of like do my, have to do my, my thought check of, you know, Bob, stop complaining when Ronald McDonald shows up, you knew you ordered a Happy Meal. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. this is, this is what it is. Like, it, as good as the Mandalorian ever, ever gets, and it is good, like, I'm, I'm not... This isn't a negative criticism of the series. This is this is acknowledgement of stuff. I can't complain about a samurai movie when if someone takes out a sword and has a sword fight. At a certain point, the series is what it is, and what the series is is, you know, lots of people in Star Wars costumes fighting with Star Wars stuff. And the main plot of this series is a lot of people who look like Boba Fett fighting over a cuter version of Yoda, and once in a while, the big people from the series show up. And at a certain point, actual Boba Fett is around. Right. Oh, by the way, since I'm only a few episodes in, the um, the the fake-out reveal with Boba Fett was great at the beginning. And and I love the acknowledgement to the audience before anyone else knows, of course that's not Boba Fett. He looks like a guy in Boba Fett cosplay is literally what it is. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, I do love that fake out. Um, I, I mean, I, I like this kind of well, thing. They gave every, cause they gave everyone the, they, 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 they let everyone know guys, we're going to do this, but they've, but they did it in like a backward sort of buildup where they gave you a little tease and then they had Tamara Morrison look at the camera. And so that everyone who's a real like car going can look at his, the guys they go, Oh, Oh, Hey, we brought Tamara Morrison back. All right. Now, granted, there's this is at this point in the Star Wars universe, there's like a million guys walking around who should technically look like Tamara Morrison, so that could be anyone. But I mean, come on, guys, you know who I am. Yeah, when you when know. we do this, you know what we're doing. You know, you um, know, you know who I am. Come on. But I I like this kind of fan service because you know the majority of Star Wars of the of the star wars stuff that has existed and this is where the debates start and you start getting people angry is this kind of star wars this mix of really cool space stuff 
and Power Rangers y fights and characters who love showing up and doing cool things. Like that's that's what the majority of everything that exists in Star Wars is a new hope, Force Awakens style stuff. A little yeah. bit of Return of the Jedi too. Some yeah. Star Wars, some Star Wars is, you know, The Last Jedi and the Empire Strikes Back, yeah. which is was that feels like it's trying to get past that a little bit and reach. Yeah. And then some and then some Star Wars is the rise of Skywalker in the prequels. Yeah. And there's nothing really wrong. There's no there's some flat out bad things in Star Wars, but if you're watching Star Wars, you're going to have a good time at some point or another. Unless yeah. it's the holiday special and that's just exists for a whole nother thing. But I mean to me that brings me to the, you know, without saying what it is necessarily, because it seems like this season has been, from what I know of it, been all about working that stuff back in and kind of going, we've established when this takes place in time, we established all these characters, and guess what? There's some other shit you don't know about yet, or you only know about peripherally that's happened during this, and characters that could exist during this, and we're going to let them weasel their way in, kind of like they did in Solo which I thought was really cool. And so when we get to the big thing that everybody knows about that happens in the last episode, one is it, is it a bad thing? Well, what do you think? Cause I've, I've now it's been blown for me and I've seen it and, okay. and I, and I thought it was really fucking cool. And outside of it being really fucking cool, it kind of makes sense in what they're doing with the show. So, so what do you think? I think it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, like I like I kind of as the build up to it, the the thing about this is is that the in in the way that it's unavoidable in like this age of you know like uh, of especially doing these as episodic shows where they've done it done it in uh, you know weeks ahead of time so they've had uh, you know a two week stretch of of without spoiling because there's like episodes of things in tandem where it's been set up that some that something in, someone important is coming yeah but we, of course but, but we don't know who is is the idea that it's some that some that there's basically a uh, a whole bunch of people heading toward a point and that at least uh, there's the possibility that someone force related important is making a beeline towards the rest of the main cast maybe like we hope so but we don't know who and god only knows right of course so like in and in the context of the show it could be anyone because everyone else in the main cast of the show are you know like the mandalorian and bo-katan and everyone else who are people who are are from like the peripheral of this whole thing who barely know or care that the jedi sith the entire star wars thing happened around them they have their own shit going on they're just kind of, especially uh, dingerin himself who is literally just a like the smallest type of character in this universe who can who can live from episode to episode you know who's just getting like knocked around like a pinball by the the forces literally and figuratively of this universe and these other people who have their own things going on the only person who could plausibly know that bigger things are going on is the bad guy who keeps lying about everything <laughs> 
Right, of course. So, yeah. So, so there's all kinds of this business going on. So it's been set up that something's going to happen, and then someone shows up, and it's person, and it's like it's a cool moment, and you know, people have opinions on the way it's executed. I thought it was fine. I think that uh, there's, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I wasn't spoiled on it until I saw it. Me too. That's so I. Someone said something yeah. really cool happens to the Mandalorian. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to avoid this, so I'm going to watch that episode. So yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. You know yeah. And it it uh, and I thought I was like, okay, all right, this works. I sort of as uh once as as soon as they started you know, like as soon as the cast started kind of like you know elbowing each other in the ribs about how it's only one plane. And they told I, I, I kind of said, yeah, okay, all right, I, okay, we know who it is, guys. Come on, let's. No, and but no, but it's, but it's like it, it's a good, it's a. I mean, it's naked, unnecessary fan service. Yes, but, but is it naked because because it's a character that hasn't been in the show yet, but we know they exist in this timeline. Is it as naked and um and you know out of left field as the Vader stuff in Rogue One was? Well, I mean, I mean the the thing with the Vader stuff in Rogue One is like Vader is a presence in Rogue One. He's been in the movie before. He, right. He's, right. he's been there. I mean, th- I mean this. I mean, like the th- the thing of this is is like this is it makes sense in the same context as like Ashoka showing up for an episode or, or something. But I mean, she, I mean, she identifies herself in the case of this. Like I can't, I don't think it's possible to like imagine a scenario where anyone who would watch two seasons worth of this show would not know who this is, but, but, but like if they didn't, I think that the, I think that the performance of it is like enough that you get the sense of okay, all right, this is this is some guy, you know, like it's. I don't think it. I don't think it comes off as uh, as like inappropriate to the story up to that point. Like he, like they don't show up and act like, hey, you know, I'm like awesome. I'm you know awesome hero guy. You I've know, been the scare of everything. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not. It's like it. It doesn't seem like a Superman thing. It's not a like. Like it, it doesn't go like, hey, you know, the day the day is saved. Everything's okay. Like if you if you need to draw like a a character narrative through line from the end of last time in chronologically, we've seen yeah. this person, and next time we will see this person, and say, okay, I can see how. I, I can see how the series of poor decisions will are are continuing apace. I can see how the this the is exactly how I took it. You know, this is the, the this yeah. This is doing a couple things, right? It's it's adding something in into the show that you know. Okay, maybe you watch Mandalorian season one and you go, "This exists in this world," but I'm kind of cool that we haven't seen a lot of stuff like this yet. You know. Yeah. But I feel like from what I've seen so far, they're peppering it in in a way that is just, it's, you know, it's a reminder of, they've gained your trust. So now it's a reminder of why, why you buy into this franchise in the first place, not a beating you over the head with it. They didn't do like an episode of people like this person showing up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or, it, like or, it, yeah. 
derailed the plot line into, and now it's just another movie continuing this story. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I would need to see, I mean, you know, we could be back here in, you know, a couple seasons or whatnot. And, you know, let's see, like, let's, let's see, let's see where this goes. You know, if, uh, in is a, teen grandkid and all this other stuff yeah or if you know like if this is a uh yeah i mean i know a lot of you know like you know a lot of you know dumb assholes immediately are just like oh okay so this is you know now th this this is a way to follow this character into some like you know cgi series and we're going to retcon the one movie we didn't like no they're not they're, they're already doing other things uh, I know who we're talking about. We're just yeah. being careful here. But yes, that is the thing that pisses me off the most is it's like you did the thing that I wanted you to do. And now you've given me what I want. The thing that's annoying me is those people now are also saying, but it's too late. Fuck you. Yeah. It's like, it's, oh, come yeah, on. I, guys. Yeah. Like the the thing is the the. The the only irritating thing about it. For me, other other than the the obvious dramatic thing of like it's impossible to say because we can't like live in an imaginary world where this isn't part of the there's like it's literally the modern version of asking whether any religious movie works or not if right. Jesus Correct. shows up and fixes everything. Correct. Because because it's like you know, it's like, well, yeah, but, like, that's a character that hasn't been introduced before, and it's like, okay, yes, true, but on the other hand, has anyone not heard of the concept of God? And it's right. like, this yes. is kind of that in a modern pop culture sense. And Everyone is knows what this is. Like, this is they walked really well in the force awakens in my opinion where that that movie literally went and did the mandalorian season one as its first act and a half of its movie where yeah. there were no original trilogy people in the film until harrison ford's the stories they're all true line which is right. still the best line that has been in anything disney has done in star wars that broke me and it still breaks me because it's perfect um, but all the characters, you know, talking about this, it, it was a thing with, with data for the location of X. Oh, wow. That guy. Wow. You know what I mean? And like, I loved all that stuff because it was, it was easing you back in, but introducing you to a bunch of new stuff. And yeah. I think that's what this show did is this show did a season that was the first act of that movie. But instead of spending that first act mystery boxing stuff that they couldn't possibly deliver on. It built a world and got us invested in stuff, and now it's reminding us of the universe it exists in. Right. And I think it's really cool. Right. So, and I think what it also did, and like in terms of, and I, now you said you watched the actual episode, right? I did watch the episode, yes. I'm just trying okay. to be because I, I don't. Okay. So, without. Uh, so I don't, don't know what happens between episode four and this episode. Okay. But. So, without talking about the final, the actual, you know, the big. This is the thing that happens. Yeah, without talking about when yeah. Jar Jar shows up. The other, the other uh, stuff that uh, goes on there, I think what it did in terms of the actual drama of the series and the character that it's named after and the characters who actually will be showing up because they don't probably cost a million dollars for every minute that they're on screen in, uh, in, in, in rendering time. You know, because it like I, I mean that the the 
I, I, I kept thinking, what's that the Simpsons line from this first CGI Halloween special of, wow, I feel like I'm spending a million dollars just standing here. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, the uh, it managed to get everyone talking about this and much less so about the, like, mountain of other stuff that they just kind of, like, dropped on everyone for presumably the next few seasons of of this. You know, which, it like, of unanswered question stuff, which is in order, why does Moff Gideon immediately try to give uh, Grogu back? Yep. Which he does, which is... Wait, that is something I know. I was not confused that they named Baby Yoda. I did hear that one too. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That's uh, I mean, and also you know, person took him with him. That's interesting. Like, has is something going on? A lot of people think, uh, like the, the a running theory for this because the whole thing has been kind of focused on that they're trying that they need the baby specifically because they're they think that this is something to do with why the bad guy comes back in the uh the sequels right is that this is the theory on that so why exactly did like it seemed like they really needed him they like that he was not supposed to survive any of this uh before and then he just tries to give him back now granted he tries to kill him again afterwards but he also loses that fight which is odd because like Dinjarin is not like a Sith Lord. He's not a, a warrior. Like, should he have lost that fight? Was right. he supposed to? Especially since uh Gideon immediately does that, you know, it's like, oh, you let me live. Well, that's interesting. And then we find out moments later that uh Din has done he thinks he's being helpful, but he's actually just like dropped himself into probably an entire season's worth of complicated bullshit by just picking up the the handle of the thing and just trying to hand it to someone. Exactly. Because, appa- because apparently he's not supposed to do that, which he didn't know because he's that character in this kind of story where people keep telling him to do things and then like assuming that he knows everything about stuff and then doesn't. Uh, in this case, where he, you know, it's like, oh, we need you to go get this uh, important item. Oh, by the way, there's like a million years worth of really complicated rules about this, but uh, we're not going to tell you. But what a perfect way to deliver a Star Wars story, right? Because that's the thing we've yeah. all been bitching about. Um, and and by, by all of us, I mean all of us, the, the same even-keeled people who were probably a little harsher on the prequels than we should have been back in the day and the people that just now make this thing the thing that they get toxic and nasty about all the time but i think the thing all of us have been looking for is a delivery system for star wars that treats all of that lore stuff with a little bit more than a passing oh yeah that's a thing but also delivers a new story and isn't just stuck in it and this is a perfect way to deliver that because they give you a character that's like an NPC in a video game that you're playing, learning how all the buttons work. Yeah. And so they have to talk to people and do fetch quests and learn and make mistakes. But because you're invested in them, you're cool and you go along with it. So the people that want to know, you know, the color of Moff Gideon's, you know, family crest are probably going to learn it at some point. Yeah. You know? 
but also people that just want action and pew pew explodey cute you know yoda kid are going to get that too and that balance they've been having a hard time getting you know yeah. the whole time this franchise has existed not not just you know because the the hey, we were making a movie with A New Hope, and oh, we're making a movie that's darker. Oh, and George Lucas kind of wants it to be childish, so he's going to lean on that. Yep. You know, and everybody arguing that Star Wars has to be only one thing are now getting a show that's giving you a lot of that. Yeah, and no, they, they've, uh, I, I think that they've, it's very clear, I think, that uh, when they kind of landed in an, in an un, in an uncertain place where they had what I feel like was probably a very genuine okay we had a lot more division than we thought we would after last jedi and also which I still think was a certain amount of bullshit but also these things happen and also yep. where they lost their uh, their their director for the third movie I still don't necessarily know what happened there which cast member Right. That's not. Yeah. They also had, and they also had, they lost Carrie Fisher. And I really feel like that's the, the thing that is just not like said out loud about the whole thing of this is that if there, if, if they really had been a, if the third movie had been able to in some way tie off in a bow, you know, the, uh, the, the intended run of that whole thing. Of you know, okay, so the first one was the hot was the the goodbye Han movie. The second one was the goodbye Luke movie, and then the third one is the Leia movie, and that kind of like you know recontextualizes the whole thing. And I think that that would have sent people home on a much different note to the whole angle. And they unfortunately they didn't get to do that. I've I've heard a bunch of different things about what Colin Trevorrow's movie was supposed to be. I don't know what it would have ended up being. But uh, it's it sounds yeah. the things I read about it sounded a lot. And again, it's Colin Trevorrow, the guy, you know, he's seems to be an idea guy more than anything else. Um, it, it it reminds me a lot of the J.J. Abrams thing where you can talk a really good game and I think you have cool ideas, but I've never really seen anything of his throughput that's anything more than at his best reminding me of things I like a lot and making me smile and it is worst going, Oh God, who gave you money? Um, but it sounded what, like what he was trying to make was a lot more like a thing like this. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing necessarily, but it sounded a lot more existing in this dual world of fan service and, cool lore and trying to be its own unique thing and the the third movie they gave us was an attempt at giving like a greatest hit sizzle reel of a movie yeah and and i don't dislike it you know there's there's things in it i don't like i i don't we've been through this before but if it was just the force awakens in that movie it'd been cool okay and maybe the middle one was just more like the two of them but the middle one is so different yeah and I don't want to make it be the fail. A lot of people are like, well, then that's Ryan Johnson's failure for making something so different. And it's like, I think there's a lot more at play than this. And this show has one creative mind driving the thing in, in John Favreau, which still, I, I love that we exist in a world where John Favreau went from, I'm that guy that did swingers and made and elf, you know, to, by the way, I now make all of Disney's big CGI remakes, or at least I'm a producer on them. And um, they gave me a Star Wars show. 
and also, you know, the guy that fucking brought Iron Man to the screen. Yeah. Um, and was an executive producer, I think, on all the Marvel shit, which is really cool. But like, I think I will buy into the, and, and I don't like being this guy, but I will buy into the having a vision of where you want to go for a season of stuff and things and bringing in other talent to add their own spin. Like I love Taika Waititi's season one episode because of all the deep dive star Wars winks that it has in it. Like the stormtroopers not being able to shoot and it's like, this is clever. This is cute. And you know, they can bring in Peyton Reed who, you know, I still think is, is learning how to make great things, but he does all right. You know what I mean? And, and his humor, the wink from Baby Yoda in the controversial egg-eating episode at the end was wonderful. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love these things. But and um, he, he did that. He did that last one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, he, which I think means he, pr- I, I'm not sure if he shot the stinger, which uh, did, did you watch all the way to the end? Yes, I did. Yes, I yeah. did. So he, he must have shot that stinger, which was... Like even without the uh, the the walk on thing, yes. would have been would have been I think uh, all anyone was talking about afterwards. Which is, I mean, I have been I've been anti uh, trying to do more stuff with Boba Fett forever. Right, but this show has shown me that maybe that would be a cool thing. Yeah, I like. I'm still. I will never get, I, I was never on board, and I remain retroactively never on board with the actually Boba Fett should have been cool in the uh, in the movies thing, and because, and I need to explain this for, for people, is that Bo- Boba Fett, th- this is like, the Boba Fett thing is the beginning of Star Wars fans liking something because bullshit from trading cards and shitty extended universe novels and let me be clear on this there are like maybe five or six good like actual pieces of fiction in the extended universe and this encompasses a couple books and some video games yeah and and the and the rest of it is just and, and, and the rest of it is pulpy dog shit and i like some pulpy dog shit but most of it's pulpy dog shit and uh, and and they are now in the process through stuff like the Mandalorian of like filtering the good couple things from the pulpy dog shit into the new stuff because Star Wars is just going to run forever now and that's fine. But like the Boba Fett thing happened because this minor background character who was there to fill a plot function in Empire Strikes Back, they made an action figure which you had to send away for. <laughs> and when you had to send away for him, because his armor looked cool and because the armor looked cool, they made up a backstory that there was this thing called Mandalorians. What are Mandalorians? Well, it was uh, another race of aliens and blah, 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 planet fell, civil war, whatever. But he himself is not a Mandalorian. He's something else. We don't know because he's mysterious because we don't see his face because we just randomly kill him in the next movie. And who cares? It's just some dude. The end. It's a random thing. But when you sent away for the action figure in the commercial to send away for him, the special feature was supposed to be he shot a missile out of his backpack. But in between everyone getting their Boba Fett that you had to send away your proofs of purchase for and getting it, some other action figure 
had a missile that kids were supposedly choking on. I think this maybe happened once, and someone made a fuss, and it made the news, like, for a Christmas, that kids were choking on toys that shot missiles. So, sorry? Like the Spider-Man web slingers, remember that? Right, yeah. So, so kids couldn't. Uh, so, like for like two years, toys couldn't shoot missiles from spring launchers because, like, uh, people thought that like there was an epidemic of kids choking on the toy missiles. So, when everyone got the Boba Fett action figure, the manufacturers had like uh, forcibly glued the missile into the backpack, and it came with a a, a little note that said. Uh, you know, we are sorry, we know that this was advertised as being a missile that shot out of the backpack, but it no longer does because that's too dangerous, and uh, here's another uh, certificate for another action figure of your choosing to make up for that. And this begins the saga of Boba Fett being accidentally more interesting than he was meant to be because stuff happened around it and people got obsessed with this and he looked kind of cool so and then he goes out like a punk in the next movie because they've already made the next movie by this point so people have blue balls about this character who looks like he should be cool but isn't so they bring him back in a bunch of novels or hypothetical stories and comics and video games and all of this stuff they've been Ever since they said we were going to make other Star Wars movies about other stuff, it's been assumed they're going to find a way to make Boba Fett again. When they did the prequels, they did a whole the whole business with giving him an origin story and having his dad be there was to do more Boba Fett stuff. So when they did this show, killing that this bounty hunter game that they thought was going to be like the next big deal and yeah yeah. Yeah, they, like they yeah. thought it was going to be the thing. It was. It, it's been this giant like project to figure out a way to do something with Boba Fett because the, everyone has always known that this is a giant cow waiting to be milked. And it's always been so annoying because it's this ultimate thing of just pandering to the idea of a thing that people think should be cool because at a certain point, a trading card told them it was supposed to be. And I've always just been so goddamn sick of it. Because the the weird, like, he- the my headcanon from when I was 10 trumps actual storytelling now that eventually turns into whiny babies complaining about The Last Jedi starts with shit like inventing the idea that Boba Fett is cool because you're quasi-disappointing that the missile is glued in place. And I've been over Boba Fett before it started. And that being said, (laughs) all of that being said, and that's why I was ready to be done with The Mandalorian, because the entire like hook of this show at first, when they were selling it, was we found a way to do the Boba Fett show without actually committing to doing the Boba Fett show in case it doesn't work. But if it does work, you know we're going to find a way to get him in there. And they did, and then they have him eventually turn up, and the way that they eventually get there, by the time they do... 
they managed to have in a very short amount of time by letting the actor just sort of invent a new version of this guy and just say, okay, you know, we're, we're not going to like dump a bunch of more lore on him. We're not going to spend a bunch of time yet, you know, explaining why he's not in the Sarlacc anymore or, you know, like retconning where he's from. Just say, you know what, wherever he was then, now he's a, a grizzled, Clint Eastwoody, angry old guy. And eventually we'll get the armor back on him. But until then, this is that guy. I was like, you know what? By the time he's back doing like, you know, and, and we get a, a just a, a couple minutes of Boba Fett doing like, you know, the badass stuff that he never actually did in the movies. Yes. So, so, so you've seen this as well. Yes. Like I was there and uh, I was like, you know what? This is earned. This is like, I'm not going to say I get it now because like it didn't exist before this. They've but, made they've made you like the character that they're showing you now. Yeah, and this you, this entirely new uh, version of a thing that has basically been created out of scraps by Robert Rodriguez, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Timura Morrison that they're now calling Boba Fett. This works for me. <laughs> like this, I, this I'll watch a show about. By the way, Rob, Robert Rodriguez. Um, you know, as 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 troubled as as Robert Rodriguez is, I'm really glad that they've pulled him in for this because this this exact thing, both on a how it's produced level and just the type of delivery of geekiness that this is, is so up his alley. Do you know what I mean? Um, th th this is the kind of shit Rodriguez at his best makes, you know, yeah. this very fanciful, very over the top but still has rules and you know, it, it, it's the thing that separates him from Tarantino a bit yeah. and why, why if, if Tarantino made the Mandalorian, it would be a completely different show, yeah. you know, but Rodriguez is so perfectly like Rodriguez fits very well in with Waititi and Peyton Reed and all of that. But his episodes feel like it's a Robert Rodriguez joint still. And, and I, I'm really happy that, just like with the MCU movies and people will, will, will shit on us for saying this, but they allow these directors to put a little bit of a personal stamp. It doesn't mean that there isn't still some great leader in charge that is going to boot your ass out if you fuck around, which we've yeah. seen happen. But, you know, Waititi's episode feels like him. Peyton's episode feels, you know, like the guy who made Ant-Man. You know what I mean? Like these are, these are directors who are able to put their own spin and, they're doing they're doing with TV what I had hoped they'd be doing with TV for a long time. And it, it's setting me up to really be um, looking forward to all of these shows from from both Marvel and this. Whereas, like, I watched a bit of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and Agent Carter and I like those shows. But I actually feel like I would have been more invested if there were stakes that really played into everything else going on. Yeah, this. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm feeling it. And, uh, you know, I, for, I, like, I knew Rodriguez was doing an episode this season. I, I had actually like forgotten that it was going to be that one, but, uh, you know, like, like watching it, I was like, I was like, wow, this is a fun, this is, this, this is a, a good, this is a good, like, uh, one of these. And that was a hell of a shootout. And, uh, when his screen credit came up at the end, I just kind of went, of course. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of, yeah. Who, who else in retrospect, who else would you get to do 
the episode of this one that is just get all of your characters together in if if that wasn't Bronson Canyon it certainly looks like it <laughs> just get to, just get all of your characters together in you know a canyon in maybe southern california and do je- and literally just do a like this is as close to almost pure star wars as you can get is just get all of your space characters together in a canyon somewhere in southern california and do a cowboy shootout and, mm-hmm. and just and just do a siege shootout with a sniper and a bunch of stormtroopers running into gunfire no it's it, it's great and I'm, I'm looking forward to see where it goes i'm looking forward to finishing the season yeah and i, I really feel like if they're if they're um their pitch moving on is to let periphery big name characters that we love, you know, weave their way in and out of this. As long as it never becomes, you know, uh, Mandalorian, the you know the the Skywalker saga, you know, or Mandalorian, the guess what happened to you know um, the, this thing from the prequel movies, you know, for eight episodes. As long as they weave in and are you know, important to the story, but in that they have their own story going on, I think it's going to work great. Yeah, well, it seems like from what they've said, the like the like and from where they left this off, that the third season of this has more than enough of its own stuff to deal with. Right. And that the, uh, you know, now they have like the Bo- Boba Fett now has his own thing that will be running concurrently. They have, you know, like the, 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 the stuff that launched the rest of the TV seasons now, uh, you know, all have their own stuff. The Ashoka thing is its own thing. Uh, I feel like the end of season, like the thing at the end of season two is, if nothing else, loading the bases so that they can, you know, I mean, not for nothing, they did set, like they made a point of telling us a couple times that uh, baby Yoda survived was was at the jedi temple on coruscant when anakin yeah. killed everyone and has already walked away from something like that once yeah shit so, so every speaking so every, of that speaking yeah. of that guy they they're making they're making the fucking uh the fucking um obi-wan show in fucking boston kid yeah, yeah they're shooting obi-wan around here Dude, they're shooting fucking obi-wan i heard i heard chucky's working on that shit <laughs> yeah that that one i'm I I wanted I I I still want to see that one. I want I mean I want to see all of them. I still uh, I hope it's good. I like uh, the idea that Hayden Christensen will be back uh, to play uh, Vader again. I think that's interesting. I you know I'm he deserve he deserves the, his shot. And I when they say he'll be back, I understand. You know, yes, they'll put him in the suit a couple times, and uh, he'll do his thing. I know. I understand, you know, now talking about things that are unnecessary to do in Star Wars, I understand that it will be impossible for them to resist having them fight again. I get it. I really, it's unnecessary to do, and they shouldn't, because it really should be, like, the, like, they really should still not like fight each other again until a new hope. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. That, re- that really should still be a thing. I really hope that if they're going to do it, they've like gamed out a way that it happens, but doesn't happen. If that makes it like, it's a dream or a, like a, a vision or, or some kind, you know what I mean? 
quest thing. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Like I, like, I really hope that they've like considered that they can't, because I, I, I under this is this is another one of those like things that like I wish that fans would learn to understand the concept of dramatic resonance. Where yes, it is true that the 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 fight scene in the first movie is less technically flourished by comparison because it's, you know, two older guys, you know, just sort of like tapping the sticks, but that's okay because they're both super powerful and trying to, and actually trying to figure out what the other one is up to. It's not uh, about which one of them is stronger with the goddamn sword. They're both strong enough. They could just crush each other's heads with their minds. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is a um, a fencing match of sorts for posterity more than anything else. This is this is literally like you met on the battlefield with your 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 um, equivalent. There's no one of them. One of them just is going to have to back down for the other one to die at this point. And that that's literally what ha- how it goes. You know, um, Obi Wan like gives up. That's a this needs to happen this way. Is kind no, of how the, that... the, the lightsabers are literally are are literally standing in for like just just so we're clear we can both still get this up at that point exactly that's exactly. That's, that's exactly what those are in that scene but yeah. uh, you know those are those are two old men showing each other that they are still virile right and, and the thing is a way that I feel they could get away with this in the in the show without doing it in real time is having it be like a flashback to something like do a flashback to training. You know what I mean? Or something that we didn't see in the movies until like add a resonance just to see Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, fucking around again with lightsabers, yeah. you know, um, let the two actors perform, do the de-aging stuff. They love so much now again, if they want to, you know, and, and just, and just play around. But yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think, Christensen getting because now now whether it's deserving or not a lot of the fans coming around on hey we shot on this guy and Jar Jar and all these other things a lot more than we probably should have I think is a very positive thing for the fandom yeah Uh, and I think that this show kind of embracing that is going to be very cool um and I just you know getting to see you and McGregor play Obi-Wan again is great because that is one of the constant great things of all three of those movies is how well cast he was in my he opinion. Was. He was. Um, it's the, I mean, I agree. I, I, I wish that it was like a flashback thing. The thing I, 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 I feel like what, what people have been asking them to do is they want, they want to see Obi-Wan when he was a young, tough guy fight Darth Vader. They, yeah, like, like we've seen him fight Anakin we know that he beat Anakin when he was Anakin. They want to see who wins when he's Darth Vader. So I I, 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 I love know. me some Yoda. I love me some Yoda. Yeah. My least favorite thing of the Star Wars prequels is seeing Yoda fight with a lightsaber. Yeah, I like I I liked I mean like it's it's a fun scene. It it was kind of fun when it was like a brief thing. I think giving him like the whole fight scene was was a mistake or if they were going to do it they should have saved it for when it was him versus palpatine no exactly exactly because the thing is right is i i like like 
b- back to why why the last Jedi is fucking great and fuck you. Um, Yoda showing back up as a puppet in that film yeah. to give Luke advice and be Yoda is how I want to see Yoda the last time on screen. I yeah. don't see him young and virile and jumping around because I, it's like with the Alec Guinness thing. They've already shown me that Ewan McGregor can be a badass with a lightsaber. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want to picture him as Alec Guinness having that dick-waving standoff with Darth Vader there, yeah, and that's yeah. how it goes down. I don't need that again. What, what made the Rogue One thing so cool, even though it's unnecessary and not needed necessarily in that movie, but I love it so much is not as much that I got to see Darth Vader be a badass with a lightsaber, even though that is great. It's that it added an immediate sense of urgency to a new hope. The next time I watched it that I didn't have context for when I watched the movie the first time. So that did what a perfect prequel should do and give, Oh fuck. Like I don't need to get to the end of empire with Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite and all this to know how fucking visceral and awful the empire can be. I just saw it. Yeah. You know, and to see how, but so Darth Vader doesn't have to do much other than do some, you know, magic, he chokeholds and he can, he can fly, you know, a, a tie fighter and fuck around, but we never had to see him go all, you know, crazy lightsaber fight because the mystery of the Jedi and the Sith is what those movies were about. So, yeah. I don't need it. And so I hope this show explores some more dramatic things and less, um, you know, every episode we have to have, you know, you and McGregor and Darth Vader fight. Yeah, I don't <laughs> you know? think we'll do every episode. I think, I think they will find a way to have what I just, I hope that they, that they realize that it shouldn't be something that like actually happens. Or do it kind of the way they did. Um, they did Luke in the Last Jedi. Something Where, like something like that. Yeah, get him show up, but it's it's literally a force projection for a diversion. Not oh, he comes in and kicks everybody's ass, and the day is saved. You yeah. know, I, I like that Luke. There's still limitations on these people. Luckily, Star Wars never up until the the palpatine ray standoff there ever has a superman or neo from the matrix problem where you they get you into a scene where yeah this character's so overpowerful that this is just going to work they always get bumps and bruises they always get their hands chopped off or yeah. something's happened um and i like that about this and i like that they avoid that most of the time you know um and yeah if, if vader just goes all you know jason Voorhees with a lightsaber you know like he does at the end of Rogue One when he fights Alec Guinness, that fight doesn't mean as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, so you know it's a, it's a. I look forward to it. I uh, I I'm, I want I want to see where they're going. Me too, and I I love that they're filming it around here. I would assume all of these shows are being done Mandalorian style, where they just have oh, all we have to do is invest. 30 million bucks in this wraparound screen and there's our show. So that's probably how they're doing it. But uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Many um, of them. Yeah. I, I assume, I mean, we don't know what the, what, what the Obi-Wan show is or where it's going to be set. So they, they maybe they need a lot of interiors. We don't know. The Obi-Wan show is just going to be um, Jedi council arguments. <laughs> no, I, um, no, but uh, you know, 
I, I would like to say I I'm glad that we have things to talk about again, and it's great talking to you. Um, the next time we get together, I would like to talk through the other Star Wars shows and see our thoughts yes. and what we to be, um, and hopefully we'll. You know, we did some breakdown of the Marvel stuff. I'd like to do that one too, but I think it's what two, three weeks now when we'll get WandaVision, right? Which is the first of all about that. Yeah, about that time. And we'll have probably, hopefully, both seen um, Wonder Woman 1984 by the next time we talk. We can talk about that because that comes out in shit three days, four days, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, Bob, um, I I don't know what else. uh, what else you got going on before we before we wrap up? Anything? Uh, I have some uh, you know holiday shopping to do, and uh, you know just uh, some things to wrap up, and hopefully uh, you know an episode uh, for, for a big picture to get out for tomorrow. And uh, other than that, I'm just uh, keeping day to day. Yes, yeah, we work our butts off, and the, the day I recorded this, the day we're recording this um, tonight, there was there's a talkbuster, so you will have already heard it. But um, I did it with a guy from Australia, Bob, longest away interview I've ever had. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so when I recorded with him on a Saturday night, it was Sunday afternoon for him. So he was coming to me from the future. Wow. And that's just a weird thought, right? Um, we, we, talked about, we talked about the blockbusters in Australia and all that, all that fun shit. Oh, another thing we can talk about on the next episode. But Bob, did you know that like two years ago, maybe it was a year and a half ago, um, and I didn't know this until I talked to Katie. It was a bigger deal than I thought. I ran into this guy um, on Twitter named Jake Fay, uh-huh. who's a local filmmaker from Lynn, Massachusetts. Yeah. And he, he made a movie called The Process that you can watch on Amazon Prime right now. And uh-huh. I watched it's It's a movie about an up and coming rapper, you know, making his way out of Lynn, you know, very independent, you know, very low budget. The guy produced it himself. And, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm talking to him next week. And it was it was, you know. It reminded me of that like docudrama format like they use for movies like The Fighter. Uh-huh. Where it's like you you almost could be like watching uh, you know, like a documentary more than and I really enjoyed seeing Lynn in that um in that format. You know? Okay. Yeah, look for it. Yeah. So that that that's all I got other than that. Um, you know, by the time we speak to you guys the next time, Christmas will have passed. So Merry Christmas. I think Hanukkah was what yesterday, the day before of this recording that Hanukkah was over the eight, the eight days. So, you know, whatever, whatever you celebrate during the holiday season, you know, or if you're just, you know, chilling and whatever it is, happy that to you. And thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for coming along on a tangent. And thank you, uh, Bob, always for, for talking with me, buddy. Indeed, buddy. I will see you soon. Okay. All right. Bye everyone. Bye guys. <laughs>